Hey, fellow Boundary Breakers, if your current delegation systems are not working to get you out of the day-to-day in your business, there is an exercise on our website that is the first step to get you out of the delegation catch-22. I'm going to throw the link in the show notes for you to go ahead and download. Something will come up that needs to get done. Maybe it's a small little task or maybe it's a small little project. But what we're finding is that it's getting assigned to whoever is handy. So whoever is standing to your right that day or whoever might look like they're not busy that day or whoever might have a little bit of capacity on their plate right now. And so that's how the work is getting assigned. There's no really rhyme or reason around who's doing what. And let me tell you, that is the number one killer of accountability right there because it makes no sense. People are not connecting the dots. People are not understanding what they're supposed to be doing. And they're not really understanding how what they're doing is fitting into the big picture. Welcome to another episode of Female Founders Breaking Boundaries. I'm your host, Casey Gromer. I am the founder of She Sweet Boutique. With over 20 years of marketing and business management experience, I work with small businesses and female founders using our signature business blueprint. On the show, you get tools, advice, resources, support, and encouragement that resonates with the modern businesswoman. So, fellow Boundary Breakers, let's dive in. Hello, fellow Boundary Breakers, and welcome to another new episode of Female Founders Breaking Boundaries. I am your host, Casey Gromer, and you are listening to the podcast that's going to challenge us as women business owners to question the societal boundaries that are placed on us as entrepreneurs. And here's the place that we are going to talk about the different ways we can approach our businesses so that we can build sustainable, successful companies that eventually might run without us. If you're returning to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We took a brief hiatus, but we are back again for the second week in a row. And I feel that we're going to be on a roll here for the rest of the year. Couple housekeeping items. If you are not following Female Founders Breaking Boundaries on LinkedIn, please run over there and give us a thumbs up. It is how we get found on LinkedIn. And there's nothing more satisfying about what I do than by putting some sort of message out and receiving a comment or a message back from one of you saying that it resonated. Let's do more of that. In today's episode, we're going to be lifting up Geneva Bell. We are going to be talking about the reasons that nothing's getting done in your business. And we're going to close with some deep thoughts from yours truly. Before we get to the topic for today, let us give a big round of applause to Geneva Bell. Geneva Bell is the founder of Ruggable. And I don't know about you, but I have hardwood floors in my house, all throughout the house. They're not real hardwood. They're like laminate hardwood because I have dogs and kids and yeah. Uh, So we're going the durable route there. But in order to minimize the echo in here and to sort of like brighten up and warm up the space, I've got lots of rugs. And like I said, I also have kids and I have dogs and a cat. 
So many of you might have noticed this, and even if you have carpet and no rugs, that crap does not last. I'm talking, we've had we've had vomit, we've had poop, we've had pee, we've had juice spilled, pizza spilled, spaghetti spilled. It is all over the rugs. And plus, I live in Minnesota. So here in Minnesota in the wintertime, we've got salt and mud getting tracked in all over the house on our shoes and the sand in the wintertime from the beach, from the lake. And my rugs last me about a year before I have to replace them because they are disgusting and they're not even able to be cleaned anymore. So my point here is I discovered Ruggable, which is a novel concept where the rug comes in two parts. So there's the bottom part that's kind of like the thick padding part that goes on the floor, but then there's the top part, which is the nice, like colorful, look good part of the rug. And you put the bottom part down and then you put the top part on top of it, but then you can remove the top layer of the rug and toss it in the washing machine. You can wash out the snow and the dirt and the sand and the dog vomit and the spaghetti in the washing machine and put it back down on the floor and it looks brand new. And this to me is a brilliant idea because even though I typically buy cheap rugs because, you know, I'm buying them every year, it adds up. Rugs are not cheap. And so you spend a little bit more money for this ruggable rug and it lasts you for however long it like five, 10 years. I don't know. They just came out. So we don't know how long they last, but they last a lot longer than the one year that I've been keeping my rugs. So Geneva Bell is the founder of Ruggable. And how this idea came about was very similar to what I just explained to you, is that she has pets and her dog ruined her rug. And so this idea was born of creating this two-piece rug system. And you can find Ruggable at Ruggable.com. It was conceptualized in 2009. And Geneva says of founding Ruggable, she talks about the journey and how hard it was. And her advice to us as women is just take the first step. And I've talked about this on the podcast before because it's a long process and It's not like if you take that first step, it's going to happen overnight. These things take time because you're going to have to worry about manufacturing. You're going to have to worry about sourcing. You're going to have to worry about supplies. You're going to have to worry about supply chain. All of that takes time. And so just by taking that first little step and getting the ball rolling, you know, it's not like you're throwing yourself all in 100%. So that's what she says is take the first step. So all the links to shop Ruggable, to find Geneva Bell and connect with her are going to be in the show notes. And if you do end up purchasing a Ruggable rug, or if you have one, I would love to hear from you what you think. All right, now it is time to talk about why stuff is not getting done in your business. And the reason I am sharing this today is because at the first of the year, we had an influx of new clients come on board who were really wanting to get things whipped into shape for 2023. 
And one of the things that I'm noticing is that the women business owners who are working with us are frustrated because they feel like nothing is moving. So they have these projects, they have these tasks, they have these ideas. They have no idea, is it getting done? Is anything happening? I don't know where it's at. Is anybody even doing anything? They're wondering what's even happening and if their employees are doing their jobs. And so what they think is the culprit is that they might have employees who aren't the right fit for their position. They might have employees who are slacking and not doing their job, or they have employees who don't know what they're supposed to be doing, or they might think that their work management system is not organized and it's just purely chaos. And this is what they're anticipating is wrong, and that's what they're hiring me to come in and fix. But in reality, when you dig into why it's not working, I want to tell you this is the primary reason why stuff is not getting done in these businesses. It's because there's a lack of accountability. And that's a very broad term. So we're going to dig into that in a little bit of what that actually means. But there's a lack of accountability. Your team members are not on the same page with you. So that's a problem as well. There is a lack of focus. There's not clear communication. And a lot of your team members are over capacity. So this is the real reason. And I promise you that throwing more stuff at it is not helping. So if the first things you assigned are not getting done and you start throwing more work into it, I promise you that stuff is not going to get done either. So the big question is, how are we going to fix it? And this is the approach that I take with clients when we're trying to help them grow, grow faster, and to help their teams step up and be part of the solution, be part of the growth, rather than having the business owner spending so much time tracking down why their stuff's not getting done. The first tool we use is the accountability chart. And there's an episode out there that goes into depth on what the accountability chart is and how to create it. It's episode number 39, and it's called Accountability is Key. So after this episode, you might want to hop back and listen to that one. It's one of the most important episodes that I can recommend to you right now. So what we're finding is something will come up that needs to get done. Maybe it's a small little task or maybe it's a small little project. But what we're finding is that it's getting assigned to whoever is handy. So whoever is standing to your right that day or whoever might look like they're not busy that day or whoever might have a little bit of capacity on their plate right now. And so that's how the work is getting assigned. There's no really rhyme or reason around who's doing what. And let me tell you, that is the number one killer of accountability right there because it makes no sense. People are not connecting the dots. People are not understanding what they're supposed to be doing. And they're not really understanding how what they're doing is fitting into the big picture. So with the accountability chart, 
And what you'll hear in episode 39 is that you are going to be looking at the work in your company by function and by role. And so what we want to do is be thinking about what are all of the major processes in the company that have to happen, that have to be up and running well in order to maintain or to grow the business. And you're going to write out those functions. You're going to write out those processes and you're going to put somebody's name next to it. That's accountability. So for a very super high level, simple, simple, simple example, we might say, oh, we have this email that needs to get sent out to all of our existing customers. Who is responsible for doing that? Well, in the old system, we might have said, well, Susie has some extra time. I'm just going to have Susie send out this email. But in reality, Johnny is the person who's responsible for marketing. And so email actually belongs to Johnny. And so once we understand how work is managed and who's responsible for what work, it becomes easier not only to hand out projects that need to be done, but ultimately, if we get really good at this, Johnny should know without being told that that email needs to get sent out and it's not your job to assign it to him. And that is the beauty of accountability and building an accountability system that really works. So that's one way that we can fix the reason that stuff is not getting done. Another way we can fix this is by planning. So I recommend quarterly planning. We do quarterly planning for all of our clients. And what this does is it just looks at where do you want to be a year from now? Where are you headed? What do you need to do to get there? And we break that down into what are the smaller things that need to happen so a year from now, this thing comes true. And you set those as goals. And one of the things that you have to do when you're planning is you have to look at capacity of your team members. You have to look at your budget. You have to look at who is on your team and who is not on your team. And then once you've kind of broken down what your focus is going to be for the next quarter, you even break that down further into milestones. And what happens with this quarterly planning process is you're starting to get your team members on the same page. Because I've seen this happen before where my client, the business owner, she's telling me like, this is our top priority for the quarter and nothing's happening on it. But when you go to talk to the team member who is supposedly managing the project, they either didn't realize it was the top priority or they're telling me they have these other priorities that they're working on instead. Or another thing that we've heard is I don't have time or capacity to do that. That is all stuff that needs to come out in the quarterly planning session. So not only does that team member understand that not only is this a priority, but this is my responsibility to get this done. And then if there's an issue or a reason I can't get it done, then we need to talk about that. And we're going to talk about that in a second. 
which is weekly meetings. So another way to keep employees on the same page and focused on getting their stuff done is our weekly meetings. Now, I hold weekly leadership team meetings, which is where your highest level accountability people are in a room together or on a Zoom together. And we are talking about not the status. We're not talking about the status of our goals, but we're talking about are they on track or off track? Are we actually making progress? Is stuff getting done? And if stuff is not getting done, like I don't have time, I don't have capacity, this other thing has come up that has taken my focus away, we talk about it in that team meeting. We talk about what we're going to do about it. Are we going to get you help in those areas that you need support so that you can work on this goal? Are we going to change the goal so that there's not so much of it we're getting done this quarter? Like, how are we going to fix this issue? What are we going to do about it? So not only does it help solve issues and keep your team members moving forward, but it's a great way for you as the business owner to understand what's happening and where stuff is at without having to hunt people down or dig through some sort of file folder or however else you're managing work. And then the final way that we make sure stuff is getting done is we create a system where your team can collaborate and manage their workload and manage their time and manage their processes. And one of the systems I use, and we just put out an episode on it recently, is ClickUp. It was episode number 82 with Casey Ackerman. It's called Managing Your Business Operations. And we talk all about a system called ClickUp or a system like ClickUp. And what the purpose of those systems are is to get not only the tasks into visibility that your team members are supposed to be doing, but to help them manage the workflow so that they know how it gets done, when it gets done, and the process it goes through to get it done. So this is a great way to kind of manage your operating procedures and to check and see the status of things so you don't have to have meetings to check the status of things. And it also can be automated so that employees don't have to be waiting for you to assign something if you have these processes in place and you're using a system like ClickUp they will know that something needs to be initiated on their own without having to be told. So these are all ways that you can make sure that your team is taking more responsibility and getting their stuff done and you're not spending all your time wondering where stuff is. Why isn't anything happening? Why aren't we people doing what they're supposed to be doing? And these are Now, they're simple things to implement, but they're not easy things to implement because I liken it to herding cats. Like anytime you've got people who are used to doing things a certain way and you come in and you try to change the way things are done, there's a lot of organization, there's a lot of communication, there's a lot of training. And that's where I come in and I help guide your team into these new operational systems so that you're getting things done and you're getting them done well. Let's 
talk about what's on my mind outside of business this week. I read an article in Wall Street Journal recently. It was called, Can You Get Ahead and Still Have a Life? And one of the things that stuck out to me here was that the question is really asking us as women, is it worth it? All the effort we put in, all of the time and the energy and the fight that we put up to get ahead in life, to advance in our careers, to make change in our communities, to lead in our towns, to lead in our schools, to lead in our companies, is all of the fight that we put up, is it really worth it? And in this article, it's talked about how the pandemic, which was three years ago now, or at least the start of it was three years ago now. So it's still kind of fresh, but not as fresh as it was. But at the start of the pandemic, we all, as a holistic society, not just women, but largely women, started looking at the way we function and the way we operate in a different way because we were tired we were exhausted. We were burnt out. We were physically and mentally not capable of fighting anymore. And now that that phase is behind us, for the most part, we're still asking ourselves, do we want to go back to the way things were before? Do we still want to have to fight so hard to get what we want, to get to the top, to make change, to do the things that we want to do to help our world, our countries. And one of the things I ask myself is, do men have to give up their lives to get what they want? Is this just for women? And you know what? I would love to hear what you think about this, but when I really think about it, I'm not a man. I haven't been through what a man has been through, but I re- when I really think about it, I think yes. And that's why they are where they are is because they have given that up. And as women, my opinion is they've given it up because we have stepped in and picked up the pieces that they left behind in order to get where they were. So it's a whole system that works together. And maybe it's not working anymore. But this is kind of my question is, are we still willing to give up our lives to fight to get to the top? Because at one point, we were like, why do men get all the glory? Why do men have it so good? Why are men always so successful? Why are men this and that? But if they're giving up their lives, are we willing to give up our lives? I don't know the answer to this question, and I haven't really thought about it that hard in terms of what I'm willing to give up and what I'm not willing to give up. And I feel like there's maybe a difference, too, between the willingness to give up something and the ability to give up something. So what I mean by that, for example, is am I willing to give up some things to get to the top? Yeah, I probably am. Do I have the ability to give up some things to get to the top? And it depends. Like if you would have asked me this week, I would have said, no, I do not have the ability because I'm physically, mentally, emotionally incapacitated at this moment and I have nothing more to give. So this week, the answer is no. Now, next week, maybe the answer is different. So 
I want us to think about how important is it to constantly achieve and accomplish and what are we sacrificing in order to do that? And I think this is a really slippery question and it's why it's what's on my mind outside of business because on the one hand, we don't wanna give up those things. We want our cake and eat it too, right? We want our free time. We want to enjoy life. We want to put 175% into raising good humans. We want to be good spouses. We want to be good partners and friends. We want to be good volunteers and participants in our community. We want all of that, but we can't do all of it and do it well. So are we willing to give up some of those things in order to accomplish the other of those things? I don't know. I don't know the answer. And then the second part of that question is, what if we collectively, as a female identifying people, what if we collectively decided we're not willing to give it up and we stop fighting and we stop trying and we stop achieving and We focus on our wellness and our balance, which is all stuff we should be doing, but then at what cost? Like, what do we lose out on then if we sort of give up? What do we lose as a community, as a nation, as a world if women stop fighting? I don't know. It is a really good question. I would love to hear your thoughts And if this is something that you've thought about, or if the fight is something that's exhausted you lately, and you're asking yourself, is it worth it? I would love to hear from you. You can pop over to LinkedIn, send me a message. I just got some messages the other day from some women who had heard my episode on divorce and were commenting on you know, their own personal situations and thanking me for bringing up a topic. And um, there's nothing that means more to me than to know that somebody has resonated with something I said, and I would love to hear from you. So hop over to LinkedIn, find me, I'm Casey Gromer, and send me a message on what you thought about today's episode. And I want to remind you, we are booked full for clients at this moment, but we are starting to think about March and April timeframe. And so if you are considering what it might look like to work with a fractional integrator, go to our website at c-sweetboutique.com and we have a resource for you. If you're feeling burnt out, you can get the first tool that we use with all of our clients to start them down the path of unraveling that thread of getting them out of burnout. It's on our homepage you can get it now or reach out to me and let's schedule a quick consultation to see if we might be a good fit to work together. And you can do that again at c-sweetboutique.com and click on the contact us tab. Honey, what is it that you wanted to tell our listeners today? Get out there and break some boundaries and do it for me and my generation. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Female Founders Breaking Boundaries. If you enjoyed this episode, would you be willing to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're tuning in? You can connect with me on LinkedIn using the link in the show notes. And until next week, don't be afraid to get out there and break some boundaries.